G'day and welcome to HODLcast, where we talk crypto for the average Joe. I'm your host, Joshua Marriage, and for our very first episode, we are joined by Bo Stoner from Cryptocurrency Australia. Bo is a blockchain consultant, YouTuber, Udemy instructor, and certified Bitcoin professional. With a background in engineering, he's drawn to the numbers and has committed himself to helping newcomers understand the fundamentals. He currently holds top spot for the highest rated cryptocurrency course on Udemy and has managed to attract over 22,000 YouTube subscribers in under nine months. Bo is focused on creating high quality content that provides a solid foundation for his audience to make their own decisions. We cover a wide range of topics in this conversation, so enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Bo, uh, welcome yeah. to the very first episode of Hoddlecast. How's things, mate? Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, really good, mate. Busy as ever. Crazy world of cryptocurrencies. Never sleeps. <laughs> it's good to hear. I can see you've been busy, mate. Um, even saw that you had a little one recently, but you've become a dad. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's four months old now, little blossom, so... It's been a it's been a great journey, but um, a very rewarding one, especially given it's the first. You know, you you kind of don't really know what to expect, but when it all comes along, you just everything seems to fall into place. Oh, that's fantastic, mate! It's good that you've got so much to be excited about. And uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the show. And uh, you know, being the very first one for Hoddlecast, I've actually got. A little bit of a confession to make, and uh, it's that I've selfishly chosen you as my first guest because um, <laughs> I happen to know that you are a certified Bitcoin professional. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'd love to hear about what that means and uh, how it came to be. Sure. Well, firstly, um, appreciate you having me on, and, and I'm probably a good person to, uh, to to test the show out on for sure because. Um, Pretty pretty laid back, sort of normal normal guy. I, I think I hope. Um, but yeah, the the certified Bitcoin professional. I did that late last year, so I guess the, the motivation behind that was I always wanted to to start a consultancy, which I have. And given I've kind of got a background in in engineering, that side of the world, you qualifications and certifications um, mean a lot. It doesn't mean you're necessarily good at what you do, but it's good for credibility. So that was what I wanted to go down that path. And it ended up being uh, and actually a, a very rewarding experience studying for it because of how much you actually learn in doing it because it's, it's, not, it's not an easy certification and you have kind of this free study guide that they give you and you've essentially got to trawl the internet. It took me weeks just trawling the internet um, covering off each of these sections. And you learn so much about Bitcoin, but, but you actually learn about the genesis of cryptocurrencies and where it all began. And, and that fundamentally, I think, is really important to, to get a good grasp on not only where cryptocurrencies are now, but where they're going. By learning the history, it, it provides context as to how events play out. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really interesting and, and like I've said to a few other people, if you, know, if you want to get into, into the industry, I, I highly recommend uh, actually doing it. 
That's, that's such an interesting uh, way to go about things. And it's actually quite refreshing to see. Um, we're in a space that's full of, you know, a lot of noise online. There's a lot that could be taken as false information, a lot that's hype. And, you know, we hear about all the uh, different things like FUD and, and uh, HODL, like the, the name given to this very podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, but it's good to see that there's a level of professionalism in people like yourself who are really evangelizing the decentralized uh, nature of these new technologies. And uh, I think it's great to see you as a YouTuber um, taking things seriously and actually um, committing yourself to getting great information out there. And I guess that's, that's essentially how I found you originally. And um I, I think from from the early days when you'd started doing YouTube, you um you, you definitely mentioned that there were some cringeworthy moments, but uh, things have certainly come a long way. And do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into YouTube in the first place, and perhaps the the role that your wife pa- uh, played in getting your uh, second and third videos out? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, um, and, and thank you too. I, I appreciate the, the feedback earlier. I, I certainly do try, I think, um, in any kind of public forum or any kind of media, especially social media, um, I think it's very sensationalist and very hype-driven. And, you know, the way I, I really try and separate myself is uh, by presenting well-researched um, and objective information, that's something I, I really try and do and it's kind of at the core of, I guess, my, my own values and ethics um, is just providing honesty and, and the correct information to let people make their own decisions. I think that's important. Yeah, in regards to the, the early videos, they're definitely cringy. They're very hard to watch. I, I mean, I could probably barely even see through a full one. They're, they're awful. Um I guess in regards to where it all started, it's funny because for years I've always wanted to be a YouTuber, always, because you, you were much like me. We're in that generation where we kind of grew up with YouTube. I can remember in my early 20s um, just sitting on YouTube for hours at a time just watching conspiracy documentaries. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was the dark part of YouTube that you go into. And I was just fascinated by that the fact that anyone can create their own content. And at that point, I just completely switched off uh, mainstream TV. I've barely even watched it ever since. But um, So I was always kind of fascinated with YouTube. I always wanted to be a YouTuber and I experimented with different things. I remember one stage I had an idea where I was going to modify cars because I was really into cars years ago and I was going to modify cars and make my own channel. And I even filmed a couple of episodes and I chickened out. I just got too insecure about putting putting myself out on the internet and kind of let that die for a couple of years. And, and then I thought I'd, I'd be like a tech reviewer. <laughs> There's an out there floating around. There's no way I'm going to mention what it's called. Uh, but that's out there on YouTube as well. So I kind of always had this desire to, to uh, I don't know, just give it a go, I guess. And so when cryptocurrencies came along um, and I got the bug and I started investing, I started learning a lot. Like a lot of people do, they just get consumed by it. And uh, at the time I thought, well, I think there's a space for additional content created in, in this in this space. So I thought, I'm just going to give it a go. If people hate me, they hate me. They'll tell me really quick, my content's crap, um, and I'll stop. So, uh, you know, I slapped those few videos together, 
I got them up there and slowly but surely a couple of people started subscribing and commenting. And I always go back to those early days because those people are really what drove me to keep going. That support and people just saying, hey, man, good job. You know, when you're starting off, that really means a lot. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of where it all, all began. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so relatable as um, someone with a little bit of uh, YouTube experimentation, um, you know, under my belt, <laughs> there's, there's a lot that I can say that you've done right. And I can certainly relate to you in, in the sense of trying out a whole bunch of different ideas, but mostly being drawn to that idea of helping people. And, uh, you know, my experience was uh, with beard, beard grooming and, and taking care of your skin as a man. But uh, I, I certainly... Yeah, that was epic. Oh. That was epic, man. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a that video got like 350k views, man. That was massive. Oh, yeah. It blew up for a while there. Actually, um, there's a couple of funny stories. I guess it's not really crypto related, but perhaps there'll be a beard coin or something down the track. We'll just have to wait and oh, see. Oh, the old beard coin. <laughs> do it like he's doing but uh yeah there there was a point where it really blew up and like um initially it was comments and things like you said where you start engaging with the community and in many senses uh that got a little bit out of hand in some some scenarios on youtube uh i would get some fairly not safe for work comments and quite a few people (laughs) had managed to find my email address (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, and I, I'm I'm actually uh, featured on a few uh, interesting Tumblr blogs. We'll just we'll just leave it You're at that. You're kidding! <laughs> wow. And was also part of a uh, a hair fetish uh, short documentary that was on ABC iView. So um, look, it's not it's not long until uh, we'll see a cryptocurrency Australia piece on uh, national television i can i can tell you that much but uh you know that that that's so funny i i have often thought about that and even after even after youtubing for eight months the honest truth is thinking that my content would be on that kind of forum is really scary i don't know why i think that way but for some reason youtube you kind of feel as if you've got this level of control over it but if it was to get picked up and something else was to be done, to me that just seems crazy. I don't know why. Oh, look, I I completely vouch for that as well. I think it's almost uh, it. Well, it's actually uncanny how well that slots into the whole idea of cryptocurrency and decentralization. And I think that you know, guys like you and me, uh, we we get on that same wavelength and we start thinking about things and we get you know almost in this. Uh, you know, frenzy of being obsessed over a particular topic and really diving deep into it. And, you know, there are projects out there that are doing things um, to decentralise the media. And, you know, the, the mainstream media uh, really do need a shake-up because we don't really know what we're getting. And you see little uh, chopped versions of video footage that are sort of made to project a certain message. So... I guess um, where that leads um, our conversation is is quite interesting. Being down under here in Australia, we're we're often uh, you know quite late to the party with with these kinds of technologies. But there is quite a bit of uh, you know media attention around a few projects that 
have taken off in Australia. And I actually uh, spent about three or four days doing a lot of research on Australian uh, companies that had held ICOs and uh, Australian projects and um, came across PowerLedger and you actually did uh, quite a, a solid in, uh, review on the PowerLedger token. And um, I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on where the Australian uh, blockchain space is headed and, and what sort of cool things you've seen that uh, us humble Australians have been able to bring to the blockchain. You know, that's, I think that's a really good question and you'd be surprised at how often I get asked that because um, having the YouTube channel and, uh, and being sort of in this industry now, um, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of, a, a, a good network now and uh, I talk to a lot of people overseas in the crypto space and they often ask me how Australian, um, the blockchain space is going and, and it's flourishing. That's, that's the honest truth is it's absolutely flourishing. You know, Power Ledger was one. There's so many more. The Horizon State, there's Kenya, there's Hut 34, there's Skrilla. There are so, and there are so many more that, that I can't even mention that, um, that I've been in touch with uh, that, that, that are pre-ICO. And um, it's, it's extremely exciting. And I guess some of the unique features, I think, that Australians as a whole are bringing to this space is, um, is, is a high level of quality is a very high level of quality. And that's coming from, I think, the foundation of that is coming from the fact that the Australian government has been quite liberal towards cryptocurrencies and ICOs so far. They've, the, the laws are favourable for innovation, which is excellent. And, you know, you do... And I'm big on regulation, actually. I'm big on regulation. I'm big on um, protections being in place where required. But at the moment, they're just at the space where they're not too uh, strict to, to essentially crush innovation, but they're, they're allowing this innovation to fall side. And it's really, really exciting. So what I tell these people when they ask me, and they say, you know, how is, how is the landscape in Australia? And that's fantastic to the point where companies are even launching out of Australia instead of, you know, registering the Cayman Islands or Gibraltar or some small island somewhere that's basically changed their laws um, to make it favourable for ICOs. These companies are able to register and launch from Australia, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Like um, in terms of industry in Australia, I guess we've relied so heavily on resources and in recent news stories, we've seen about how the government have failed to secure quite a lot of revenue from uh, different uh, resource projects such as mining uh, coal and gas. And I guess it's it's quite easy for... Um, Australians to sort of get disheartened by that because they hear all of the big uh, success stories coming out of the likes of Silicon Valley. But um, we're also, you know, very widely known as the lucky country. So yeah. it is good to see that we're starting to put some real trust and sort of like getting behind our human capital rather than just our natural resources, which we've been so quick to sell off in the past. Um, in saying that, Australia is definitely coming from humble beginnings but doing some very great things on the world stage. Um, you yourself have uh, come from humble beginnings, very similar background to me actually, and I, I see that you'd uh, been an apprentice in the electrical field. And um, I guess from where you started to where you are now um, with what I noticed today was the top-rated 
uh, cryptocurrency re uh, related course on Udemy. Um, you know, I, I can see that it's been quite a rapid change for you. And as someone who's based in Australia, what have uh, you found to be some of your biggest challenges in, you know, spreading the good word about uh, cryptocurrency and some of the, uh, you know, projects that are associated with it? And also, what's, what's really exciting you at the moment in terms of uh, how you're helping to um, sp spread cryptocurrency around and get closer to, to the idea of mass adoption? Sure. Um, well, I guess probably the, the, the biggest challenges at the moment is that, um, well, I, I guess first off, the, the course and, and learning everything to get to this point was a challenge and is an ongoing challenge. Um, you know, life, life is a journey and um, I, I consider myself, I'm never on top of things. I've always, I've got to keep up to date. I've just got to keep learning because there's so much to learn. I don't think there's, there will be any ever, there will ever be any point where you can sit back and say, I, I'm comfortable now. <laughs> I can't stop learning. So that, that in itself is a challenge because it's not only is it time consuming, but um, it's intensive. It's mentally intensive, especially this kind of technology, because it's very hard to wrap, to wrap your head around. But the, the challenges were kind of building, building what, what I've built so far. So YouTubing, as you would know, is very hard work. It's very hard work. It's very rewarding, but it's very, very hard work. And, now having a website build, I've been extremely fortunate to have, you know, an amazing, amazing young guy from America build that for me. But now the maintenance and stuff and building the brand, that is hard work. The other thing too at the moment especially is staying focused um, as the traffic, the traffic or the, I guess, the volume of the, the interest in cryptocurrencies has, has really died down uh, with the market. With the market, it, it, it's incredible the interest of, of people into cryptocurrencies is like directly correlated with the market. And that's obviously yeah. due to hype cycles because the media gets onto it and Bitcoin's hitting all time highs and everyone jumps in. And it's actually a good thing, I think, in a way because it, it's kind of like um, things have a way of resetting themselves and the market and people and people getting interesting, it, it has a way of resetting itself and setting a new baseline. So the challenge at the moment is just to push through that even though things have really kind of kind of died down. And to flip into the exciting parts, the exciting parts is where this is going. So we might be in a lull at the moment in terms of traffic or people being interested in the cryptocurrencies, but if there's one thing for sure, we are so early. And this is the crazy thing. When I got into cryptos a year ago, I thought, wow, we're early. Geez, I wish I had got into it two years ago. I think I'll be saying the same thing. In a couple of years' time, I think I'll still be saying we are very early. We are very, very early. So anyone that wants to get into this industry or wants to go down the path of investment or wants to just be involved in some way, um, now is the time because it is just so early. It is so immature in a good way that it just presents tremendous opportunities for those that are willing to jump out there and get it. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen how much the interest varies from you know, week to week, the market cycles certainly have such an effect on that. And, and people are, of course, driven to, to uh, you know, be drawn towards things like price increase and the, the grass is greener and overnight riches and all these sorts of things. But 
it's it's very easy for uh, people to overlook what is actually being done here and and this amazing revolution that's taking place but like you said it it, it does have the positives and I, I love to see how it's the price that initially drags people in and then from there they start doing their research and they start learning about amazing solutions to really difficult problems that people have just put up with for a very long time. And uh, I, I guess there comes a certain point where you've got to make this conscious decision of, okay, I'm either going to be obsessed and annoy every one of my friends, my girlfriend or my <laughs> wife or, or my husband. Um, and, and that is sort of like that tipping point where you, you just start to get it. And you start to realize that, hey, I haven't, I haven't missed the boat. Yeah, there's been crazy price action in the past, but I'm still an early adopter and I'm still being a part of something that is you know, quite world-changing. Um, so as people are getting this uh, low-level interest that might be price-driven, um, what do you think is the initial steps that uh, someone who's new to crypto should take in order to first understand what cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum actually are and then where could they go after that to sort of take their first steps into perhaps investing into a project or even working in the industry themselves? That's a good question and you've kind of broken it down at the end of it there by kind of separating it into two different interest levels. So this is the incredible thing about uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies is on one hand you have the investment, you have the economics, and on the other hand you have the technology and the underlying industry and the disruptive nature of that. So there's kind of two different areas and people, some people are really interested in the investment, some people are really interested in the technology and, and getting involved in some way. And then there's people that are interested in both, like myself. Uh, the best first step is probably... Um, Self-research, this is the tough part because we don't have any central, um, nothing's big enough yet to say, oh, go and do this or go and do that. I obviously have a course, but the, tr the truth is you don't have to go and do a course to learn about cryptocurrencies. But the, one, one of the first things I always say to people firstly, if they're interested in investment into cryptos, is go and learn investment fundamentals first. That's what I tell them. I tell them, go and read Barefoot Investor, Go and read Tony Robbins' Unshakable. Go and read some books on Warren Buffett. Go and learn about investing first because, yes, cryptocurrencies is this incredible new technology. Yes, it is very early days. But the fundamentals of investment do not change. The psychology of the market does not change. The behavior patterns of the market does not change. So if you can come up to speed on basic investment fundamentals first, you'll be far better placed to ride out the volatility and the ups and downs of the market over time. In terms of career, that's more of a trickier one because we're only now starting to see recruitment sites. We're only even now starting to see job advertisements being posted on the websites of the biggest cryptocurrencies, really probably in the last six to 12 months. Because before that, it was a group of developers for the most part now you're starting to see company structures formed. You're starting to see the maturation of uh, not only the, um, the teams, but the business models. You're starting to see proper business models starting to be um, kind of the foundation of these crypto companies, which I think is really interesting and exciting as well. 
So probably the best place is just to jump on Google, jump on YouTube and define reputable and trustworthy people to follow. And then that'll lead, people will be led down a rabbit hole and end up finding forums. Forums are a great place as well to talk to people, to find out where to go. You know, unfortunately, it's not so much of a straightforward answer, but I think, you know, with the internet and Google and a keyboard, you're sort of halfway there. Yeah, well, um, I guess if uh, Hodlecast can play a role in getting people into the space and helping them understand the basics before, you know, taking off on uh, their crypto journey, I think that would be ideal for me. And uh, that, that would definitely be the way I'd like to help people out is just building awareness around where people can start. Um, I guess for the uh, short-term view, um, people generally look at something like crypto based on the price. Uh, they start hearing stories from friends and family, uh, you know, distant uh, relations who may have done well off some recent price action, perhaps in the run-up uh, into January. And all of a sudden they're faced with what on earth is cryptocurrency? What is Bitcoin? And I must admit, I'm a technical person and I've got a little bit of coding experience, but the first time I read a white paper, I wanted to tear it up. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess if, if you wouldn't mind, um, how would you go about explaining to someone who's new to the space, uh, what cryptocurrency is or what it means to you or what it might mean to someone else. So what I generally, what I tell people first is the blockchain technology. So what I say is, and it's hard to, because if people don't um, have a necessarily a technical or an IT background, it can be difficult to, but generally what I say first is blockchain technology is something that takes an existing centralized system and then makes it decentralized, provides transparency through a distributed ledger. So I, I explained to them first what a ledger is. So generally just a record of information. So then I say, okay, so think of a, a previously centralized system that didn't have transparency. What blockchain does is it takes an existing centralized system, makes it decentralized, provides transparency, but the operation of that network is distributed. And the cryptocurrency is there to provide an economic incentive to ensure security of the network. So the cryptocurrency is like the two go hand in hand, blockchain and cryptocurrency, certainly in a public um, permissionless blockchain, they have to coexist. That's the whole point of the cryptocurrency is to ensure security of the network. So that's kind of how I break it down and explain to them. So the blockchain is taking existing centralized systems, making it decentralized, providing transparency. You've also got smart contracts and stuff like that, but that's like layer two (laughs) explanation. (laughs) And then you have a cryptocurrency that's tied to the economic incentive of the network. And as the network grows, as the computational requirements of the network increase, depending on the supply schedule of the particular um, cryptocurrency, say Bitcoin, so does the, the... rewards or the economic incentive for the people securing the network to keep doing the right thing. Then you've got this completely decentralized distributed system that's being held up by thousands of computers and people behind those, those companies running those computers around the world, holding this system up that is 
driving this decentralized system with this cryptocurrency that is immutable, that can't be changed, that once it's yours, it's yours forever, as long as you don't lose your private key, and it's all based on cryptography, and the two go hand in hand, and that's cryptocurrencies. That's kind of how it breaks down. I actually love the way that you describe that because um, people tend to get caught up in the in the details, and that's where you know the new newbies to the space get scared away. And uh, it's easy to turn and run when you start hearing words like cryptography and encryption, because I guess to to the average Joe, it, it doesn't really mean a lot. But uh, yeah. I, I, I've I've definitely heard a few really good explanations. The likes of uh, um, Mr. Antonopoulos and his fantastic speeches, um, you know, that, that came later for me. I, ne- I needed a very simple <laughs> explanation yeah. at the start. And I don't know if you've seen the um, video that was an animated explanation uh, using the example of the Yappies people with their large rocks that would basically be their version of a public ledger. Okay, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it was quite interesting because I was a little perplexed as to why it came from Westpac <laughs> as, as <laughs> a major bank. Yeah, very weird. But um, I think whoever put together the animation um, did a fantastic job and it really demonstrated that advantage of removing the middleman. And, you know, everyone whinges about the middleman. It's the guy that doesn't do too much and gets paid handsomely for doing so. <laughs> Um, and, and I think even something like that as a very small initial benefit is enough for someone to see the value and perhaps look past all the, you know, comments from friends and family saying, oh, it's a pyramid scheme. Uh, it's a scam. It's just another way to steal your money and give it back to the big guys. But yeah. and, And that's why I tell people. Um, that it's taking existing centralized systems and making decentralized because then the people that are a little bit tech savvy as well will know that just about every current IT system out there at the moment is centralized. So then they go, oh, wow, okay. And then you go, yeah, and these decentralized applications run on a public blockchain that's kept together using cryptography and miners all around the world. And these decentralized applications can replace existing centralized systems. And they go, wow, okay, so that's going to be pretty huge. And they realise, they forget the cryptocurrency side and they just realise the technology is going to permeate everything and every industry. Yeah, it's just it's just such an exciting time to actually be alive and see this unfold because in, in reality, it's, it's very much a human rights movement. We're, we're on the cusp of something so big and so, cha- like, so world-changing that I feel that, you know, you're crazy not to be a part of it, even if it's just buying $10 worth of Bitcoin, Ethereum or Litecoin, something like that, and just experiencing and getting a little bit of an understanding before going out and sort of dismissing a new technology. Because, look, the the same things have happened uh, in the past with many different technologies. We look at, you know, electricity. We look at cars. We look at mobile phones and there were points in time where they were in their early days and being dismissed. And uh, I guess for me personally, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I don't, I'm beyond that point of uh, the initial excitement of uh, hearing about someone turning 
ten dollars into a million dollars and all of these crazy <laughs> stories. <laughs> so I guess um, I'd love to hear in terms of upcoming projects and and what lies ahead for yourself, Bo. In terms of your new venture, uh, blockchain management solutions. So I see you've got uh, a new website up there, and um, I've obviously been given permission to stalk. So I've been all over LinkedIn and all the all the profiles. But I'd I'd love to hear what uh, you aim on doing with your business, and um, also see where that fits in with your broader goals in terms of uh, helping bring bring crypto to the masses. Yeah, sure. So it's been an evolving one for me. So. Blockchain management, uh, that's kind of been going for about, I think about five months I established that as a consultancy. And I've always had it in my mind to keep it separate from my YouTube and from the media side. Um, Why exactly? I I don't know. I I guess that's, I I just didn't want to, I didn't want to mix the two. So I've always kept that separate. And I've just been doing private consulting on the side for about five months with that. Now, the second part is, Cryptocurrency Australia. Now, the, the funny thing is I never intended it really to be anything um, huge in the long term, but it's, it's becoming that way. So what we've done is we've created a second company now, Cryptocurrency Australia Media, and that's going to contain the website, the YouTube and the social media side. And the aim behind Cryptocurrency Australia Media is just to provide very, very high quality information. Very, very high-quality information. And at the moment, we've got a writer on board um, who's been writing articles on the site that people can access for free. So the intention is just to bring a level of credibility, authenticity, authenticity and professionalism to how cryptocurrencies are presented and perceived. We want to lift the bar. We really want to lift the bar on, on cryptocurrencies to, to drive adoption in the wider space. Because I know how I think and the way I think is when I see something new or something sceptical, the more professionally it's presented, the more articulate, well-written, designed that it is, the more I'm likely to give it attention. And we can still see, even today, this scepticism in the media, this scepticism worldwide, really, um, of the general populace of cryptocurrencies. And I think for us to drive past that and to change that, we've got to start lifting the bar. And so that's what we're really trying to do. Where, where it goes in the future, I mean, I'm ambitious. I have big goals, but um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Just going to have to keep working hard and see where, see, where, see where it lands. Yeah, I love a good uh, Aussie underdog story too. So I'm wishing <laughs> you all the very best, mate. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Well, I, I know that uh, professionalism and quality is hugely important to you and uh, – I suppose if there were to be a a cryptocurrency out there that was the creation of Bo Stoner, I'd expect it to be the SWAT coin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with the the dot, the S dot, W dot, O dot, T dot, the SWAT coin. Fantastic. Uh, I I think from from the early days in checking out your YouTube videos, that was actually something that stood out to me because it wasn't just – straight up shilling you you're applying um your engineering experience and engineering practice to delve a bit deeper into some of these projects and i guess 
this could be an initial tool for people out there who might be from an engineering or a trade background and have similar experience and knowledge to, to guys like us. And I guess for them, maybe explain uh, the, the reasoning behind a SWOT analysis and, and what it is and maybe how that sure. plays a part in your broader uh, methods for you know investigating and researching projects. Sure. Sure. Well, one of the first things I noticed when um, I used to consume other content or I made content was there was no uh, existing business methodologies being applied to analyse cryptocurrencies. People were just looking at the coins. And it, it kind of bugged me a little bit because they were, I guess, in a way neglecting the fact that there was a business behind that. There's people behind that. There's human capital. There's got to be a business model. There's got to be... Um, a revenue stream, however that is. So I thought to myself, we need to start applying traditional business analysis methodologies against cryptocurrencies because, like I say in my course, 99% of the cryptocurrencies out there are startup companies. Don't invest into the coin. Invest into the company. Invest into the team. Invest into the business model. You've got to go long. You've got to go long on this investment and use an old world mindset to investing into cryptos. Yeah, the technology is revolutionary for sure, but many of these cryptos are going to fail. They are because they're startup companies. At the end of the day, there's still human beings behind these computers typing away. There's still human beings, you know, talking on Telegram. So my thought process was I had done SWOT reviews um, when I was doing my, uh, I did half my master's degree, I ended up pulling out in grad cert, and I had done a lot of uh, business um, subjects in that and uh, SWOT review was a big one. And so I thought I'm just going to apply this methodology to analysing the cryptos. So that's really where it came from. It's just looking at the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities and the threats. And it is tricky to do and you have to constantly critically analyse it. You constantly got to go, okay, what are the existing markets out there? What are the competitors doing? How is this going to play out in five years' time? Will regulation be a risk to this particular cryptocurrency? What markets are they going for? What's their strategy? What's, what are the people like? What are the CEOs like? That's another really important thing. You know, these people running these companies, invest into them, invest in their, their abilities, their backgrounds, their ambitions, their, their energy, their um, perception in the crypto world because all those things are going to contribute to the success or failure of the company. Yeah, there's there's so much information out there, isn't isn't there? And it's really quite difficult to trawl through it all and perhaps distinguish um, the important information from the other stuff that might not really be worth delving too deeply into, especially as someone new. Um, so I guess in terms of uh, you know when you are looking into a new project, what what are some shortcuts for uh, for somebody new to the space in terms of what are some of your favourite resources that you go to um, when you're doing your research? Sure. So one of my one of my top resources is Coin Market Cap. Coin Market Cap is a great first place. But if you if you if you're looking at an ICO, we'll start off with ICOs. One of my top resources is icorating.com, and uh, the 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 ratings these guys do. Uh, are really next level, and um, they they do some incredible analysis on these cryptocurrencies and, and these ICOs on so many different um, criteria. It's very very professional. That's one of my top places I go to. They don't do every ICO, but for the ones they do, 
they're sort of my, they're, they're my, my absolute go-to. Generally, other than that, the, the best way to do it is to look at it yourself. And, and knowing what to look for and how to do it quickly just comes with time. But other ways to do it as well is just to use Google. Just use Google. Type in the, the names of these cryptocurrencies and see what people are saying on forums. That's a good way to gauge sentiment because if there's a lot of negative sentiment, something's going wrong or something's happening or communication is poor between the team and the community. In terms of researching existing coins, CoinMarketCap. You start off with CoinMarketCap. You can just type in, sorry, the CoinMarketCap.com. I've got to try and use abbreviations uh, and find the cryptocurrency you want. You've then got links to the official sites, to the message boards, to, um, to their Twitter page. And just go and go, always go straight to the source. That's probably the number one recommendation I can give people is even when you're reading news articles on say Cointelegraph or even Coindesk, go to the source of the information because that way you're making sure you're getting the most objective um, information possible and it hasn't been skewed or altered or opinionated in any way. That's just, that's really important. Yeah, you raise such a good point because so many people do have a platform and there are certain people who aren't responsible with the level of influence they might have, you know, they're obviously driving vested interests in some cases. So I think it's really good advice to start uh, at a reputable source and make your way from there and delve deeper and really check into who's behind the content that's created as well. Um, as well as the actual content that you're researching for the projects or the different cryptocurrencies. So I love that you bring that up. And uh, I guess while we're on the topic of research and we want to be a little bit uh, current and, and um, hear maybe about a few different projects that you're excited about that uh, you've recently researched might be a new coin or an ICO or something that uh, it, any project that you think is is really doing something that's game changing um, in 2018? Sure, you know I think a couple that are really on my radar and um, and that really have blown me away is is one is Lisk. Uh, I I didn't even really know much about Lisk until I did a SWOT review on it, and um, that that really has blown me out of the park. Lisk Lisk is a very early stage blockchain protocol. Uh, that will allow decentralized applications to be built on it. And the reason why they really impressed me is because they've been in development for so long, for over two years, and have largely kept under the radar and have just been polishing, refining the platform and how they're going to deliver uh, this business, essentially. So extremely impressed with Lisk, and it's, it's very, very early days for Lisk. Another one is, is DMarket. Now, DMarket um, was an ICO last year, very much off the radar, one I, one I invested into. And what has impressed me about them is their adherence to regulation and how careful they have been to do everything right. And, and one thing in particular that I even put on my Twitter a couple of days ago was these guys actually send out monthly, I think it's monthly or quarterly performance reports to the investors, to the investors of the ICO. So they're actually reporting transparency on what their uh, expenditure is, what their business expenditure is, how many of the tokens they're, they're um, using for that expenditure, their performance, any connections they've made in the industry, conferences they've attended to, developments of the platform. They're really raising the bar on and, and essentially bringing this, this company in line with 
current expectations of, say, investing in a company that's issued securities through an IPO. So there are a couple that I'm particularly impressed with. Others, you know, that have been around there for a while. I think 10X is, is fingers crossed, going to have a really um, sort of good run in, in the months and sort of months and years to come. Uh, yeah, and obviously you've got NEO and, and Ethereum, I think it's going to still charge on. There's, there's just so many, but they're the first that come to mind. Oh, they're, they're great uh, projects. I've certainly done a little bit of research on those guys of late and hopefully I can get uh, some of the guys behind those projects on the show because that's essentially what I'm looking to do uh, with Hoddlecast is get the uh, inside scoop, so to say, from the people that are actually building these technologies that are going to become a big part of our lives and who better to hear uh, from you know, than the people that are actually putting it together. So um, in terms of having Yuan Bo from Cryptocurrency Australia, I think this has been the perfect start because we've kept it down under. We've kept it laid back, just a couple of blokes talking crypto. And, and, I, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's just great to hear from a humble bloke like yourself who is, uh, you know, really helping to promote uh, blockchain technology, decentralization, cryptocurrency, and uh, all the things that come with it. So I'd just like to thank you very much for coming on to the show. And I'd love for you to let the audience know where they can find you and anything important that might be coming up for Boast Owner, Cryptocurrency Australia, or any uh, project that you currently put, got your hands in and working hard to, to bring to the world. Sure. Well, thanks, Josh. I, I really appreciate that, and, and thanks so much for having me on. Um, it's you know it's still very, very much a novelty for me to to be asked and invited onto things like that. Um, and it's just great just talking cryptos with people, to be honest. And you know, if, if anything I do helps people in some way, then that's really all I need at the end of the day. So thanks, thanks again for having me. Uh, in terms of where where people can find me. So the YouTube channel, Cryptocurrency Australia. So that's just a full name on YouTube. You'll see a, a, a yellow Bitcoin with a little black kangaroo. That's our logo. Um, on Twitter, we're cryptos underscore Oz. A little bit of a um, tricky one there. But the main website is probably the best place to go, which is just cryptocurrencyoz.com. And then that's got links to Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and all that. So, yeah, I think if people go to the website, it's probably the, the, the best place to go. Excellent, mate. Well, I certainly encourage anyone listening to go and check out Bo's work. He's doing a fantastic job and uh, I'm definitely a big fan, so I'll be uh, smashing that like button on YouTube for you. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. All right. All the best, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. If you're into crypto, it's very likely that you're bombarded with legal disclaimers left right and center so here's another one the information in this podcast and the links provided in the show notes are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as constituting professional advice i'm not a financial advisor you should consider seeking independent legal financial taxation and other advice to check how this information relates to your unique circumstances